Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, presented by Big O Tires. It's Tuesday, February 18th, and I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell stopped by, so you know the topic is the local football 11. We talk Chiefs free agents who may or may not be returning, and hey, how about old friend Demetrius Harris, just released by the Cleveland Browns? Would the Chiefs be looking to resign their old reserve tight end? We wrap it up with a conversation about the XFL and its potential staying power. Hey, thanks for pressing play. Here we go with Herbie and Sam. All right, you ready to talk some Chiefs? Let's do it. Let's do it. We haven't we haven't talked Chiefs, uh, the three of us, uh, since the day after the Super Bowl. I talked to Sam and, uh, and and Vahe and Sam McDowell. We talked after the parade, but Herbie, Chiefs beat writer. This is the first time I've talked to you that we've talked to you since the uh, since the Super Bowl. Uh, not a lot has happened since the Super Bowl in terms of player movement. It's, but man, that's all anybody wants to talk about are um, potential moves for the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. So let's uh, let's go down the list of some potential free agents and just let's let's just talk about you know, the prospects of those players returning to the Chiefs or possibility of them not returning and just what the maybe what the maybe let's start with what should the chief strategy be and how uh, how are they uh, affected by the salary cap how much how much do they have to spend and uh, how is that going to affect the moves that they begin to make I need a piece of paper to write down all those questions that you had but it's but it's a you know it's an entree it's just sort of a you know, it's just yeah, out absolutely. there. Just, just pick anyone out yeah. of the air. and um, yeah, let's, let's politician this answer. Just pick the one you like and answer that one. Here, here we are at the part of the NFL season because there's really no such thing as an offseason, as we all know. Uh, but we're at the point of the, of the year where we're entering what I call speculation season because oh, we're into that. There's so much out there right now, not, not just with the Chiefs, but around the National Football League. But when you talk about the Chiefs specifically – they're going to have to be very careful how they approach free agency. As of right now, they project to have $16.5 million in available salary cap space, which ranks pretty low. To put that number in perspective, the Miami Dolphins project to have the most in the league at $93 million. So the Chiefs are way down at the bottom of the totem pole, but they've got some, they've got some interesting and intriguing things going on right now, especially with Chris Jones. Chris Jones, let's start off with him because he is absolutely the big one. What do you do with Chris Jones? Jones has more than made a case for a huge payday. 33 sacks over the past four years. You got to think a realistic scenario for him is a franchise tag, which the Chiefs can start doing, or teams around the National Football League, the window to start franchising players actually begins next week on the 25th. He's a name that's probably going to be linked to a franchise tag, but if the Chiefs do franchise tag him, that tag itself carries, depending on what position he's listed at, defensive end or defensive tackle, between 16 to 17 million. So what the Chiefs have to do here, before they make any moves whatsoever, they have to get creative with the cap. 16.5 mil does not leave them a lot of space. Don't forget the draft picks. Most teams need to set aside at least five to six million dollars just to sign their draft picks. So if you subtract that from the 16.5, now you're talking nine mil. What, they're going to have to take a look at a lot of areas here. Sammy Watkins counts $21 million against the cap. 
Either second, second highest on the team. Correct. Either he restructures or he's gone. This, now, you're, we're saying this. That's if the Chiefs decide to keep Chris Jones, figure out a way to keep Chris Jones. Correct. So that's the assumption we're working under. This is how it could happen. Um, so, you, you, right, you got to look at other other players, as, as Sam just said, um, Sammy Watkins being one of them. I would say offensive linemen, perhaps, are another place to... Yeah, LDT, I think, is in line to count $9 million against the yes. cap. You can save. It's it's either four... I think $4 million of that is, is dead money, and $5 million you could save. Now, of course, Herbie mentioned restructuring with Sammy Watkins, and I, I would think that would be an option with LDT. LeDuvernay Tardif as well. The other player to take a look at, the, the person who counts the most against the salary cap for the Chiefs is Frank Clark. Clark counts $22.7 million against the cap. There are a lot of ways you can get creative here, and, and Brett Veach is going to have, he and his staff are going to have to find a way. You can lower the cap count this year, depending on how you restructure everything, and then just have it count out towards later years. But the, the, the ability to make a lot of moves is going to, it's really going to be limited for the Chiefs. But Chris Jones, in my opinion, he's a guy that they have to take care of. Uh, don't let that guy hit the open market. You know, Sam Ellinger, our colleague, wrote a column of, of a possible tag-and-trade scenario, which, which, of course, could be, be on the table here, and it makes perfect sense to do that. But you want to keep this core intact. And I think Brett Veach and the Chiefs understand that Jones is a guy who has contributed immensely over the last four years to the Super Bowl run. And he's been very vocal. He's been very vocal about, hey, I want to stay in Kansas City. Well, now it's time to put up or shut up. Are you willing to take a hometown discount? But he's going to command a hefty value. He's going to command a hefty market out there. I I don't see Chris Jones taking much of a hometown discount. I I think that, you know, he's not a guy that was a first-round pick that got that large signing bonus on draft day. He was a a second-round pick. I think his first four years he made six to seven million somewhere in that range over the entire four years it's time for chris jones to get get what he's been due he deserves it he I mean, deserves he, it. he deserves it and if anybody out there that who's listening to this feels like he owes the chiefs this hometown discount he doesn't he deserves yeah. to get paid his maximum worth and what chris jones is due and for me i i i know what herbie's saying and i see that side of it that He's absolutely instrumental in what they did. I'm not sure they win that Super Bowl without him, specifically that game. I'm not sure they win that game without him. I'm not sure they get the ball back with, with, without what he did in the, in the final couple drives. But I, I, I kind of lean with, with, with Sam Mellinger's column because if you – Patrick Mahomes is going to get paid. Whether absolutely. Whether this offseason or next offseason, I, I tend to, to think it's probably going to be more likely this offseason that that happens. Um, in which case there's going to be some more money that, that, that's counting against that number that, that Herbie's talking about. But if, if at some point he's going to get paid, and if you have Chris Jones on your roster as well, all of a sudden you've got four or five guys that are taking up half of your salary cap, and that's just not a viable way forward. Look at what the Los Angeles Rams did with, with Donald and Goff and Gurley and, and uh, Ramsey that, that they've got coming up. It, it's it's not a path forward. So to me, the the best scenario probably is is going to be that that tag and trade option. Maybe you keep them for one year. Maybe you let them play on the franchise tag yeah. for one year. Yeah. And and try and repeat with the group you got, and then then trade them the next off season because you still have a little bit less control, but some control over that situation. Um, but maybe that that's a different option. You obviously you would get less compensation if you did that. Um, but the Chris Jones 
situation is going to dictate every other situation. It's going to have the trickle down effect over what they do elsewhere. And they have the Chiefs right now have a whole month to figure out all of this because the new calendar year kicks off on March the 18th, right? And that's when the top 51 contracts will start counting against the salary cap. So if they're going to be making any moves behind the scenes to restructure a Laurent Duvernay Tardif or Sammy Watkins or anyone like that. It's going to happen within the next month. And the beauty of it is next week, and we mentioned the combine, next week is when everyone's going to be in a centrally located area. The combine is one of the few events in the National Football League where you'll have agents, owners, general managers, and coaching staff centrally located. That doesn't happen a lot during the football season, but the combine is it. So the combine is going to be a business, a busy part. What we're talking about here to me is the – Herbie, you said the beauty of football, and I'll, I'll add the frustration of football at the same time. You look at—I just wrote a story that's going to be—that's going to run later this week. I, I identified like the um, the five dynasties in the NFL since the Super Bowl era, and could the Chiefs become one of those? You know, having one one Super Bowl doesn't make a dynasty, but it be, could begin a dynasty, sure, right? Sure. The first couple of those teams were the Packers of the '60s and the Steelers of the '70s. And those teams were able to keep all of their Hall of Fame players together for almost the entire decade. Which is almost unheard of today. You can't do it today. Yeah. But, but the players didn't have an option then. You got drafted. Unless the team decided to trade you or you retired and came back with another team, you, you were bound to that team through the, basically the, the life of your contract of, uh, with that team. That's how the Steelers kept you know, Bradshaw and Swan mm-hmm. and Stallworth and Lambert and Great. Mean Joe Green and all those guys together throughout the entire 70s. They, they couldn't go anywhere, right? Um, but that's, that doesn't happen today. Now the Chiefs have to think about this with you know, a, a small number of dollars available. As you, as you mentioned earlier, Herbie, they've got to make a financial puzzle fit. For next year, so my question is: Yeah, you can you can keep Chris Jones, and you can pretty much make everybody happy for next year. And is it worth it to mortgage the future for another run at a Super Bowl? You know, giving this franchise a second one in fifty-one years, um, and and knowing that there's a there's a possible Ram scenario on the other side of that. So what what an interesting place for Brett yeah. Veach and the bean counters yeah. at uh, you know for the Chiefs they're going to have to make a decision you know go for it again in, in 2020 it looks like they've got the, they would have the team to do it or make some moves now that hurt and be try to stay competitive and become that dynasty for the 2020s. Well, you know what's most interesting about that is they kind of faced this scenario last off season and they chose to go for it that that Frank Clark contract derived from that because they knew Chris Jones would be coming up that was they knew that they were going to take money away from what they could offer Chris Jones the next year but they decided that's a position they had to have if they were going to win a Super Bowl and another guy that I'm not sure they win a Super Bowl without having Frank Clark on the roster and I always think that especially for a team that hasn't won in 50 years if you if, if you go back and look at the moves that if they all contributed to winning that Super Bowl you don't it's hard to second guess any of those Having said that, this year I think you take the reverse course because you've got a 24-year-old quarterback and you can't think, well, his age 25 season is the season you got to win it. This window for the Chiefs should be open for a long, yeah. long time. Yeah, I agree. Now, what that does is it places a heavy emphasis on drafting well. If you're not going to have a guy like Chris Jones, you've got to draft well to replace a guy like Chris Jones. 
they drafted well last year. That's one of the reasons that mm-hmm. they got a lot of contributions from rookies. That's one of the reasons they are where they are. But do you have enough confidence in those guys, to, to your point, Blair, to, to take on a, a more prominent role this year? And to that point there, Nick, I wrote about the salary cap last week, and I talked to J.I. Ha- has Hassel, <laughs> uh, former Washington Redskins executive salary cap guy. And, and he, that's exactly what he said. When, when they make that decision, or when, they used to, when he was there, when they made that decision whether to keep a guy, is do we have a player on a rookie contract right now who can backfill if this player, player X leaves? I don't know if the Chiefs have anyone on that roster right now who, who can replace Chris Jones. Maybe if you make Tano, Passano, move him inside. They did that, they did that a lot last year. An- another impending free agent, by the way, Tano Passano, right? Did no, no, he's not a free agent this he's year. He's not? No, he's okay. still on his rookie contract. Okay, my, my but, bad. But, you know, do you have young players there that, that can play and, and fill in, that, and, and they don't? So you've got to be able there's to get someone on the draft. not a Chris Jones out there in the league. Correct. Creating pressure from the interior part of the line is so valuable because it's so rare. You meant Emmanuel Ogba. He's, he's the one. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Okafor is, as well. All right, let, let's uh, – are, are there some – the Chris Jones decision is going to be foremost for the Chiefs. Sam, as you said, that, that's sort of the decision that, um, you know, all others will be based off of. Are there some no-brainer free agent retainees? Are there some guys out there that, that, that they're just – when you look at – there are 20, as you said, unrestricted free agents – are there some of those that the price is right and the and the production was great and you just say uh, automatic this guy's coming back? You, you got to take a look at the cornerback situation because the Chiefs right now are projected to have four unrestricted free agents at the cornerback position. You've got Breland, you've got uh, Kendall Fuller, you've got Morris Claiborne, and you've got Keith Reiser or Reiser who landed on injured reserve. They finished eighth against the pass this year because of Ward, Breland, and Fuller. If the price is right for Breland or Fuller, you got to bring one of them back. But the, the problem is right now is the cornerback position is such a, a high premium around the National Football League. Breland enjoyed a solid year in a contract year. Go figure. Fuller proved his worth after missing five games with his ability to play slot and play safety after Juan Thornhill got hurt. I mean, he had the game-sealing interception in the Super Bowl. But if you can bring one of those two back, you got to bring them back, in my, in my opinion. The offense, uh, Herbie and I have, have kind of looked at all these positions throughout the week as we're unrolling position evaluations, also looking ahead to 2020. And he's taken the defense, and I've taken the offense. And the guys, to me, that have I broke down the offense that make the most sense, and these aren't going to be the most exciting guys, but two years in a row they've signed Anthony Sherman to a one-year deal. He played 73% of the special team snaps last year. I think it makes a lot of sense to bring him back on another one-year deal. Um, and Matt Moore. I, I think yeah. Matt Moore was a great fit. Um, you know, I think they're going to have a choice between Moore or Henny rather than bringing both back. I don't think it, they had $5 million invested in their backup quarterbacks last year, the backup to the best player in football. I don't think you want to spend $5 million on. To me, you go with the guy that's a cheaper option, also the guy that you dressed in the playoffs when he was healthy. I think he was ill one game, so that they, they yep. dressed Chad Henny. But because it wasn't just because he played last year, I thought it was because he played well that they decided he was their number two guy. So I, I think bringing back Matt Moore makes a lot of sense as well. On the defensive line side, not only do you have Jones, you have Mike Pinnell, Emmanuel Ogba, uh, Terrell Suggs. Um, Okafor. Oh, um, Okafor, no, he, Okafor signed a three-year deal okay. last year, oh, so okay. he, he's still good. But Pinnell makes a lot of sense bingo. to too. Yeah, but, and, and we were there at his autograph signing, and then you know, we posed the question, 
what do you want to do? And he, and he basically said, yeah, I told my agents the Chiefs are a priority. So he wants to come back. So you, you can probably p- get him at a million a year. You know, last year he played under the, the veteran minimum, which is 805000 But I think if you give him like a, a two-year contract at maybe three to four million, he makes sense. I mean, with him in the lineup and then that defensive line rotation along with Nottie and Colin Saunders, they were pretty good against the run. Let me give you a couple more names. Tell me what you guys think. Prospects of returning. Um, guy that I thought played pretty well down the stretch, Stefan Wisniewski. Yeah, Wisniewski is interesting. Um, I, I think that you could get him probably cheaper than a lot of other options, but I also think it's it's an area that potentially you could um, you, you could look to the draft. And, and so I, I think I could go either way with Wisniewski. You do have guys that, you, you, that have – played there before but the interior line is also a position of concern that i think they might look to the draft he's for. got some you know got some uh, age on the tires a little bit right he's yeah. 30, i think 31 maybe played nine yep. years yeah yep, nine years two super bowl rings yeah right? um but yeah, he brings attitude though and, and i think like, there, andy reed has there, to love that there, there was attitude. a reason that when andrew wiley was returned healthy was newski stayed in the lineup correct and andrew wiley didn't play jinx we said correct at the same time <laughs> how about um how about reggie ragland I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no as well. I think what hurts the Chiefs linebacker core is, and I broke it down when I looked at the linebacker position. Of the 16 games, well, they were— Well, Darren Lee in there too. Correct. And he's a no as well. Yeah, okay. But, but of the 16 games, they only started out in the 4-3 base nine of those games. Seven of those 16 games, they started out with a three three defensive back package. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with they need versatility back there. And I think the three of us will agree when you look at this, the, the Chiefs linebacker core, if there's one area they did improve against the run, but I think where they, where they were hurting a lot was when they had to face a versatile running back out of the backfield. They, didn't, sure. they just could not cover him. Um, and that's not Raglan's strength. Yeah, Raglan, Raglan is a situational guy. Very good against the run, but you need someone who can play all three downs. Okay, one last one before we take a break. Um, this one kind of hits home a little bit. Uh, Xavier Williams, Grandview High. Only I, I think that they played their best against the run. It just so happened to be during the eight-week stretch, or was it eight weeks that he was on IR? Did Correct. Eight or nine, whatever it was that he was on IR, they were really good against the run when they brought in Mike Pinnell. So, to me, I think they're going to be choosing between those guys. And Mike Pinnell showed me more than, than Xavier Williams did last year. And Pinnell's a fan favorite. Also a local product, Topeka. Yeah, Topeka. Yeah, right, right. Okay, let's take a break here. And when we come back, we've got a couple other topics to cover regarding the Chiefs. If your steering wheel has more traction than your actual tires, that's a big oh no. If you accidentally roll over a nail and your tire hisses like an ornery snake, that's also a big oh no. Thankfully, for all your car's big O no's, there's always a big O yes. From February 4th through March 1st at participating Big O Tires, get a $70 reward card on select sets of four Michelin brand tires. Not valid with other offers. Disposal fees extra and up to 10% shop fee based on non-discounted regular retail price. Not to exceed $35 were permitted. See store for complete details. Void where prohibited. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50. 
unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back with Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell. We're talking Chiefs. And we spent a lot of the first segment identifying individual players uh, and free agents and uh, what the Chiefs might do and how it will um, affect the, the roster going into 2020. Just a general question. Coming off a Super Bowl win, look, any any locker room is going to be a you know, a place where it's there's a lot of happiness and um, uh, people want to play here. I, that's that's one thing I'm, I keep hearing. Yeah. That that um, that people want to play for Andy Reid and this coaching staff because it is it's apparent as right now that the staff is coming back intact. Right. Yeah. The enemy Spagnolo, uh, Dave Tobe, the coordinators will all be back. Is that a real thing? Do do players want to come back, or do players want to play at a place that we hear is a good? Uh, is that part of their decision making process? I think it is. I mean, and, and, and I'm going to talk from my experience from covering two separate teams. Here we go. I'm going to New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it a lot when I was down there. When when free agents would sign with with the Saints, why come here? And they always, they all always end up saying because I wanted the opportunity to play with Sean Payton. Teddy Bridgewater, two years ago when he had the opportunity to sign elsewhere, came to New Orleans because I want to play for Sean Payton and I want to learn from Drew Brees. So when free agents are saying that, and then the same thing's going to happen here in Kansas City. They're just coming off of a Super Bowl win. We know Andy Reid's reputation around the National Football League, and especially the young players who are free agents. Why wouldn't you want to come over here and play for and play with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? And the list goes on. So, yes, it, I, I believe it is a real thing. To me, I mean, guys do want to play for Andy Reid because the guys that have played for Andy Reid talk positively about him, and certainly that word tricky, or what word am I looking for? Throughout the league, though, the rest of the league is aware of that. But Patrick Mahomes is a, is a bigger draw for me. You've yeah. got a Super Bowl favorite for a long time now. A, a team that's going to be contending for as long as this quarterback is in his prime, which is maybe another decade. And I, I think guys want to want to play for a winner. Is Terrell Suggs an example maybe of you know the guy who – you know, we heard initially might not want to come here, and yeah. you know, actually had a little conversation with Andy, and and not only did he come, he contributed and got himself a second Super Bowl ring. Yeah, and only he knows probably which of those factors were were bigger to him. But I think if Andy Reid's here and the team is five and ten, he probably doesn't want to come. What doesn't want yeah. to come to Kansas City? I agree. I mean, the, the team has Patrick Mahomes, and looks like it could contend for a Super Bowl. And to me, that's the biggest draw for players. All right, so um, that's something else to keep an eye. We're talking about who the the Chiefs uh, on their 2019 roster might resign. There's also you know, going to be free agents floating around all over from the NFL, and, and uh, who who might be available for the Chiefs. I did notice uh, earlier this week that a former Chief, and I don't know, a fan favorite might be too strong of a description, became available when the Cleveland Browns cut Demetrius Harris. The tight end who uh, was basically the number two tight end while he was here. That role uh, was assumed by Blake Bell uh, for pretty much all you know all the season. Deion Yelder had its moments. Um, I remember the game at Detroit, the first one you yeah. covered, Herbie. Uh, the first two completions of the game went to Deion Yelder. But uh, 
Is Demetrius Harris, if the price is right, is that somebody that the Chiefs should be interested in? Speculation season. We, <laughs> yeah, we've is. officially entered speculation season. I, I didn't know that speculation had a season. I thought it was just 365 <laughs> days. No, no. It's especially during during this stretch before free agency when the player gets cut, especially on social media, you'll, you'll get pinged. Hey, should the Chiefs sign player? Boom, boom, boom. And it's like, here we go. I don't know if you bring back Demetrius Harris. Uh, I, I think with Blake Bell, he, he is an unrestricted free agent. I don't think it's going to cost as much. Deion Yelder is an exclusive rights free agent. So it's either you, you sign your contract or you don't play next year. I think, you know, they'll probably lock him up. I, I think Deion Yelder is a more athletic version of Demetrius Harris that you can build on. Um, the crazy thing is, going back to New Orleans, I covered Yelder when he was in New Orleans. Um, so you, I know what he's capable of, but he's athletic. I think if you had the choice between Blake Bell and Deion Yelder versus Demetrius Harris, you stick with what you have. The thing I remember about Harris in his in his final year here, I think he led the team in special team snaps. He was one of those four teams guys that Dave Tobe loves, and he had some big special teams plays for the Chiefs, but the Chiefs seemed to make that work without him this year. Special teams wasn't a problem for the Chiefs. No, no. Um, I mean, I feel like Herbie should just have the complete floor when it's a it's a Tiger personnel question about a, <laughs> <laughs> about playing a second tight end. Um, they didn't get a lot out of their tight ends in the pass game this year, but do they need? Do they? Do they feel like they they need more out of the out of the tight ends in the pass game? To me, that depends on what wide receivers you bring back. Yeah, and that's the Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson question. And if you don't have those guys back, maybe you feel like you need to get more of a pass catcher, which Harris is more of a pass catcher than the guys they have here. Um, but I think they're they're probably drifting more away from that, and I think they're comfortable. Uh, not having a, a, a too tight end uh, pass catching situation in that, which is what we saw a lot of in the early Andy Reid years here, Correct. including the year where a wide receiver did not catch a touchdown pass the entire season. Wow, I remember that. Twenty thirteen, yeah. Hey, you, uh, you you mentioned Sam Demarcus Robinson's one name we didn't bring up in the first segment. Uh, another high profile guy who. Um, you know, the Chiefs will have to make a decision on. Is he, is he yeah, back? I mean, what's interesting about him is when you look at the the numbers, you know, he had a fantastic game in Oakland. What was it, like 170 and two touchdowns in that game. And the whole season he ends up with fewer than 500 yards receiving. Fourth on fourth on just the, the wide receiver group. I was behind McCole Hardman. But, man, he, he's a hell of a blocker. Um, which I know that Andy, we all know that Andy Reid values that. I mean, it's one of the reasons they value Damian Williams at running back the way they do is because he can block. I mean, Demarcus Robinson's a great blocker. Late in the season, they started using him as the gunner again yep. on special teams. So he's got value beyond just the numbers that you look on a stat sheet. But he's for sure going to think, I think, make more money than what he made on his four-year deal, which I, th- I think he was at $2.6 million over four years. He's, he's going to make more than that. He likes it in Kansas City, but another guy that, yeah, $2.6 million is a lot of money to all of us who, and probably most of the people listening to this. But in football terms, he hasn't made a lot of money playing this sport yet, right. and he's in his prime. That, yeah. The, the, there was a report last week, and here we go with the speculation, but Giants beat reporters were, were uh, tweeting out that, hey, if, if Robinson does hit the open market, the Giants will go after him. The Giants need wide receiver help, so you got to figure if if he is actually on the Giants' radar, they're probably going to back up the truck. You know, come be our number one guy, and then he's not going to get that here. No, which is which leads me to another question: Are would 
some some Chiefs players' values be inflated by a Super Bowl ring? I mean, is this the is this the time for them to you know make that you know that that move that'll set them up financially for life? I, I always go back to a, Alvin Harper from the Cowboys. Remember when they won the Super Bowl and he signed that massive free agent deal with the that, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Desmond Howard did it years ago. As well. <laughs> yeah, Howard. Who? I the mean, Raiders just used to sign the Super Bowl MVP. Bingo. <laughs> yes, there was a safety. <laughs> was, was, was it Larry Brown, the yeah. old Cowboys guy that had the interceptions? Yeah, to the get safety. Yep. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, you, I think they can. But, you know, because they're not going to get that here. They're certainly not going to get it when the Chiefs only have sixteen point five million. Uh, and nobody can blame them for. I mean, that's you've got to do that, right? Yeah, you have to take advantage of your both, value. It makes sense on both sides. Now, wide receiver is where it's most interesting because if Sammy Watkins is not willing to restructure and you have to cut him to save fourteen million against the cap, then Demarcus Robinson is more valuable to you than yes. otherwise he would be. Um, but also, the Chiefs have drafted five wide receivers in the first five rounds in the last five years. So I don't think that they're going to hesitate to look to the draft to, to sort of reinforce what, what they could have here. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and a lot of draft prognosticators call this upcoming wide receiver class the deepest wide point. receiver class great in point. years. So you don't necessarily need to bring all these guys back. You have to draft to, to go after some of these wide receivers. All right, so um, just a programming note. Uh, next Monday we're going to talk uh, specific positions uh, because the NFL Combine will have arrived, and these two blokes uh, will be in Indianapolis. We're in England now? Blokes. <laughs> <laughs> covering the NFL Combine for the Kansas City Star. Okay, let's wrap it up. Um, hey, let me ask you this, though, before we do. Have either of you guys watched any XFL? I have, yeah. What do you think? What's, what do you think um, of the product? I think the product is better than what I was anticipating, except uh, the quarterback play. Still is a problem, and I don't see a solution for the quarterback play. Yeah, that in fact uh, was it. McGloin, Matt McGloin, yeah, yeah. had a ter- terrible pick and ripped his coach at halftime. Yeah. I think coming off the field. Yeah, I yeah. Think I Cardinal saw. Jones looks pretty good. Looks like he could he could <laughs> right. mo- potentially back up a, a starting quarterback, but um, you know the, I think the games are going to be too low scoring to excite the fans in the way that they probably want. I do like a few of the rule changes though, and I, I hope that the NFL doesn't have too big of an ego not to consider what the XFL is doing with some of these rule changes. I've heard where um, the lower bowl it's at the at the dome. I've heard this too. In St. Louis yeah. is all but sold out. I think I mean, they it, should absolutely take this opportunity to stick it to the Cronky family <laughs> <laughs> and sell that thing out yes, every game. Possible. They could have twenty five to thirty thousand people for their, for their home games, I which would be fantastic. That's one of the other things about the XFL though. I don't know why all the teams except for St. Louis are in these NFL markets. To me, you should have targeted markets like St. Louis, maybe Portland, um, maybe Orlando, some other markets that are, again, not going to have this awful winter, winter weather. Obviously, St. Louis is indoors. Um, but maybe would get excited about a football team purely because they don't have one. If I'm an NFL market fan and the XFL comes to town, why, why am I going to get excited about that product? The, the AEF tried that. Remember last year, Birmingham, Memphis, uh, San Antonio, Orlando. I haven't watched any of the XFL, um, but I did cover the AAF last year. They had me traveling around to uh, cover some of the games. I I don't know if you can convince NFL fans that the product you're seeing now is real football. Even though it is real football, but I'm going to put real football in air quotes because NFL fans have, have come to expect a certain type of product. And I think when Sam mentions 
the shoddy quarterback play, that's going to turn off a lot of fans because fans love offense. Fans love seeing that scoreboard light up. And unfortunately with the AAF, you didn't have that. And from what I'm hearing here, the XFL is lacking that as well. So I'm I don't know sure, if they're going to be sure able that, to take off. Uh, Oliver Luck is listening to our podcast because I do have a couple ideas for that. <laughs> I, I do know Oliver a little bit. Um, maybe maybe I'll, text. Text. I'll send it to him. Yeah. My, my top one is they should be targeting college sophomores. And so they get the top prospects for the next year's draft in their game because then you're forced to watch it. If you've got Trevor Lawrence playing in this league next year and Trevor Lawrence would have – you know, maybe five million reasons to play in that league rather than playing for free and co- well, maybe we should put that in quotes as well. <laughs> maybe these, these college athletes. It's an in, in, look at in, the time is now to capitalize on this idea because look what happened to Tua. He got hurt and now yeah. he's worried about what's my NFL. Pro- how much money did he cost himself by just playing a college football game? If these guys are all of a sudden making maybe five million dollars on, on an XFL roster, that that's a Maybe some motivation to get some to get some good talent in there. It's a good pay raise from what he, what he's making at Clemson. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think I think Tua I think Tua is going to be okay. Uh, but you're right. He did win. He he already won his national championship. What was he doing? Staying in you know yeah. at, at Alabama. Um, you know none of this. You you covered the league last year, Herbie. I've, I'm old enough to remember not only the USFL but the WFL back in the '70s. In those same markets, Birmingham, Memphis, San Antonio, they were all in the same sort of non-NFL markets at the time. Shreveport had a team. I remember. None of them have ever worked. None of them have ever stuck. Yeah. It's always even arena football has, which seemed to have a um, you know a golden era. And even Kansas City had an arena team here. Uh, it just it never never stuck. So, so you agree with the the markets? You mean as far as I do, okay. I, I do. I think non NFL cities are, are the best choice, and I think you also have to live with the pain of poor attendance and maybe low TV ratings, or even not even having a TV contract for a while. Um, but nobody's nobody's done that. Well, it's never happened. The XFL that that's probably the the biggest feather in their cap is. They went out and got a contract with ESPN and Fox and heck, ABC showing some of their games. So, well, the first XFL did too, I believe. I remember the the He Hate Me XFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, smart. You know, they had they had a TV deal too, but Vince McMahon's league, right? And that that didn't yeah. last. The uh, first image I had of the original XFL was the remember they used to put the coin toss as. Uh, both guys started. It was like a res- right. wrestling for the football. That's right. And was, you were already like, this is way too gimmicky for this league to work. This year they actually hired you know, a rules expert to install the best rules for the game. Um, this is just me. I, I think if any time any of these offshoot leagues, if they're going to have any chance for success – they have to be endorsed by the National Football League. And I think that's what the AAF was trying to do with the last, you know, the 11th hour, trying to get the National Football League to endorse them and have them serve as a farm league. That's the only way that I think it'll work. But Because if you're out there on your own and you're competing against that monster known as the National Football League, I think you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. All right, Herbie, that was the final word. Thanks, guys, and we will talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to Derek Donovan and Chris Fickett for producing today's episode. Links to Chief stories can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and the Red Zone Extra app. Please leave a comment or a like where you can. It helps. And we'll be back on Wednesday for another Sports BKC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. <laughs>